Welcome to the Nelson Public Library Show. Check this out on Kootenai Co-op Radio, CJLY at 93.5 FM in Nelson. I'm Anne DeGrace, Adult Services Coordinator at the Library. Teching the show is my colleague, Heather Joy Dahlgren. The song you just heard was our flagship tune, Check Him Out, by Nelson musician Rose Nielsen. Today, we're talking to multidisciplinary New Denver writer Sean Arthur Joyce. Most of us know him as Art whose new novel, Mountain Blues, is coming out in May from New West Press, and we have the privilege to launch that book at the Nelson Public Library. But first, here's a musical intro I think captures the essence of art's fictional town of El Dorado, much like some small Kootenai communities we know and love. This is Elliot Brood channeling the finer points of Kootenai rural life, I think, with a song called Each Other's Kids.
start uh, wondering if you can tell me a little bit about your book. Well, it's a story of a small mountain village in the Valhalla Mountains that uh, has to band together to save its hospital emergency ward from government cutbacks. And, uh, well, let's just say someone loosely modeled on myself, who is a reporter returning from big city journalism, burnt out, tired of city life, ready to return to the Kootenays and slow down a little bit, only to be pitched into the El Dorado community's uh, most recent crisis. And, is... and local controversy. Exactly. Um, it sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> eh? I base this on all kinds of um, history that we have here with communities struggling to maintain their medical services over the years. Nelson has experienced it. Caslow has experienced it. Now New Denver is experiencing it. Um, yeah, it's an ongoing kind of crisis, unfortunately, in these areas. And and how was it to to, to take a um, a controversy, an issue that's so close to your heart, and fictionalize it? Like like like, how was that? Was that was that a a, a, a way to explore the different emotions around that, or did you find it cathartic? Or like, just if you could comment on that a little bit, I think that's a really interesting way to go about exploring such an important issue. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my writing over the years has been devoted to activism in some form or other. Um, right. And so I wanted to kind of combine that with the possibility of actually having some fun with it. You know, not being sort of heavy and doom and gloom, because that doesn't really attract anybody. Um, and uh, to just try and have some fun with it and create some wonderful characters very much based on, of course, people that we've known and loved or just tolerated <laughs> over the years <laughs> and you do have fun with it don't you yes i do yeah. absolutely yeah so so i am curious about these characters too are, are do you think will people recognize themselves in this book are you uh do you need to change your phone number do you need to start wearing a disguise around town what's that going to be like for you well i have no idea i won't uh deny that i've had some sleepless nights about it but uh, I think that's mitigated by the fact that I approach this uh, with a kind of a loving eye. I really wanted to approach even the characters that I didn't particularly like uh, with a sense of equanimity and fairness and uh, the realization that all human beings are complex characters ultimately. Nobody's all good or all bad. And uh, so try and paint a nuanced portrait at least uh, of as many of the characters that I had mm -hmm. room to do that with. And the community's made up of all kinds, right? And, and And New Denver, sorry, it's not really about New Denver, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, yes and no. I mean, it's, as I said, I drew on the history of all of these small West Kootenai communities. Um, mm -hmm. And so with the crisis itself and the plan, the action plan that is generated by the local activists in El Dorado, um, that's very much based on my knowledge as a working reporter uh, from having uh, covered many of these stories myself over the past 30 years. Right, and that's for the Valley Voice, right? Yeah, and also prior to that, the Nelson Daily News. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, when it still existed. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, okay, so so that's, that's really interesting. Um, 
I'm interested in, I don't want you to give me any spoilers. Because, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, um, of course, we're going to launch this book at the Nelson Public Library yes. on May the 24th Fourth. at yeah. 7 p.m. sharp, because we yeah. always start on time, and I'm so looking forward to this. So without giving me any spoilers, can you tell me tell me the name of the character that's loosely based on, on somebody in the room? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and what kind of obstacles you've placed in front of this character? Uh, the character's name is Roy Breen. And he, as I said, is a reporter returning to Kootenai life after 15 years in Vancouver working for a big city daily after the, the big evil corporation comes in and downsizes him, basically. Um, and the obstacle that he has to face really has to do with a kind of a class clash of ethics, in a sense, because... Normally, as a reporter, your role is to not get involved. You're just the observer. You're strictly reporting what's happening. You're not supposed Neutral, to be. Neutral, right. Yes, exactly. And, you know, not really supposed to be getting involved with any of these issues that you're covering. Um, but Roy is somebody who doesn't believe in respecting those lines, per se. Um, he's a passionate individual. He's somebody that cares about community. And for him to just stand back and watch this happen when he knows that it could mean the end of the community if they lose their hospital services. Um, it's just not enough for him. He mm -hmm. has to somehow get involved, somehow find a way to support them, while at the same time maintaining enough of an objective distance to be able to continue reporting on it. Right, and yeah, and yeah. Um, and, and so he must he must have somehow fallen under the spell of the town to become so engaged. I mean, he's a guy from away, right? It's not like he grew up in the Kootenays and lived and breathed the town of, of El Dorado. Um, so what was there something in particular that made him, made him feel like part of the community? Well, he actually did grow up in the Kootenays. Uh, okay. He, yes, although not in El Dorado, he grows up in a nearby community, which I call Newcomb, uh, which uh, is loosely based on Nelson. It's kind of the major center of the region. So, yes, you can see the parallels there. And so, yeah, he does actually have a very deep connection to the Kootenays generally. Okay. Yeah. And so when he comes into new, to, uh, El Dorado, he... Uh, already has this deep sense of uh, loving the place and coming back to it as a means of self-renewal because, as I said, he's really burnt out. He's mm -hmm. pretty much had it with city life and, you know, with the corporate politics and so on. Yeah, and the Kootenays it has a reputation of being a bit of a healing place. It seems to me that yeah. uh, people, tell me if you agree with this, come come here to, to kind of work out their, their stuff sometimes. And sometimes they work out their stuff and they stay, and sometimes it spits them back out again. Yes, that's true, very true. I, I've really seen a strong strain of that over the years with many of the people that I've known. Uh, many people do come here to heal, or they come here because they don't really fit with the standard way of uh, living and working that one perhaps has to fit into in the Ah, uh, the misfits. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not me or you, of no. course. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, lots of eccentrics, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, 
I think there's practically an eccentric growing on every bush in the Kootenays. You know, I mean, we, we have more than our per capita share. I and think. that's interesting, you know, because then if you're writing about something that's set locally, you can just kind of go out and, and harvest. It's like picking <laughs> Saskatoon berries or something on a bumper crop here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, very good. Well, it's yours. You can have it if you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, so uh, my next question for you is, is okay, so you've got uh, a chief protagonist, your, your character, your journalist, mm-hmm. um, and he's loosely based on yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you go about naming a character based on yourself? Where did you come up with that name and why? Uh, well, actually, it is family history. Uh, my maternal grandfather's name was Roy, and uh, in that side of the family, Breen is actually a family, family name. Oh, okay. So that's you. You came by it. You came by it honestly, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have um, one more question for you before we we sort of cut to a break. No, actually, I'm going to save it. We're going to cut to a song, and then we're going to come back in a minute. And I'm going to ask you um, about a quirky part of your book. Hang on.
for herbal tea. I'll loan you my guitar if I can watch your color TV. You're listening to Kootenai Co-op Radio 107.5 in New Denver. The show you're listening to is the Nelson Library's Check This Out, and I'm your host, Anne DeGrace. That was Water in the Well by Spirit of the West from their first album, and which, rumor has it, was inspired by a visit to the Kootenays. Can you tell? It turns out that Art is a big fan of Spirit of the West, too, so had to play it. But before returning to my interview with Art Joyce, I'd like to remind listeners about a couple of ongoing events at the Nelson Library. Our next AI book club, that's for Amnesty International, is coming up Tuesday, June 5th, but the time is now to read the multi-award-winning book Seven Fallen Feathers by Tanya Talaga, which deals with racism towards Indigenous people. And a local uh, Amnesty group and the library have teamed up to offer this free drop-in book club discussing popular Canadian books. Um, and you can drop in to ask us a copy for you. The book club meets every other month on the first Tuesday of the month. So come and get your book and join us. Uh, Another ongoing event, the library's Welcome to Nelson Potluck happens on the last Wednesday of each month at 5 p.m. And it's for folks to get to know each other, newcomers, um, as well as residents who want to meet them uh, over a meal. And it's the brainchild of our teen and literary services coordinator, Melanie Ray Story, Um, And it's been really popular. So drop in, bring a dish to share. Um, The next two potlucks happen on April 25th and May 30th. And now, back to my conversation with Art Joyce about his forthcoming novel, Mountain Blues. So we're back with Art Joyce, the author of Mountain Blues. Sean Arthur Joyce as the actual pen name but yes. we know you as art. Um, the question that I wanted to ask you was actually about Roy's cat. I wanted to know about the cat. Would you say a little bit about that and where that comes from? Well, you know, they often say in writing classes, write what you know. And uh, that adage served me very well with this book. Because, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and I did actually have a cat that Shadow Cat uh, is based on um, fairly strongly, I would say. Uh, I think the thing about that that made such an impression with me was that uh, that particular cat woke me up to the fact that these animals have inner lives. You know, they aren't just sort of little automatons running around consuming food and excreting and so on. <laughs> well, know? it could sometimes seem like Well, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, like, you know, my cat would get depressed and hide away for a while and come out of it and, you know, all these different mood changes and so on, and it really woke me up to the fact that these animals can have actually, you know, complex inner lives. And he was also extremely intelligent and a very fast learner. So, you know, if I had to tell him something, you know, he'd get it in one. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, it it made a deep impression on me. And when I lost him, of course, it was, you know, it was like losing a family member. Yeah. And so it was very difficult. And I guess in that sense, I kind of wanted to memorialize him. 
But as it happened, he also functioned as a kind of a Greek chorus in the story. That is a really interesting concept. Carry on. Yes. Uh, you know, he sort of articulates, you know, in a kind of a almost telepathic way with Roy, uh, really the nub of anything that's going on at any given moment. You know, he really cuts right to the bone. He's a truth teller. And so even if Roy is trying to, you know, be suave or sophisticated or whatever, you know, Shadow Cat's going to name it right there. Right, yeah. He's got a bit of a radar for... A bullshit radar. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I can say that on yeah. any co-op radio. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually told years ago I had a really good bullshit detector, so I just sort of subsumed. Channel that. it into the cat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of awesome. And then the, my other interest. I mean, so you know, full disclosure, I haven't I haven't read the book yet because it's not out yet, and you've just handed me the advanced reading copy, which I'm so excited about. But, uh, and I, again, I don't want you to give anything away, but, you know, you have, fiction writers have a lot of power. And I wonder if you, um, if you were able to use that power in creating an outcome that you would, you would like for any town facing these kinds of issues. That is probably a spoiler, isn't it? Did I just set you up for a spoiler? I don't really want to. No, I, I mean, I... I you know, it's a story, and it's meant to be fun. Uh, but, you know, if, and on the other hand, it inspires people, you know, to some form of collective action when they're faced with these kinds of cutbacks, uh, then great. If that's a, an outcome of the novel, then I'm, I'm thrilled with that, actually. Because, as I said, uh, you know, I've often used my writing talent for activist purposes. So, sure, I'm happy if that's an outcome. Right. Um, and I, I hope so. Yeah, raising awareness is always a pretty fabulous thing. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're lucky in the Kootenays. We have a lot of um, exceptional writers, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are writing about, about place, whether it's through fiction or through essay or through uh, memoir or, or all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you are quite a veteran writer. You've, you've written a lot of books um, and published a lot. Um, I, you know, I also know you as a poet, which mm -hmm. I don't feel qualified to ask you questions about, sure. but which I appreciate. Um, I, I think what I was going to ask you is um, advice that you might have for, for other writers in the Kootenays, especially for emerging writers. You know, what, what, what advice do you have as somebody who's been around the block a few times and has done really well? Well, I think it's just sheer persistence. Um, you know, for years and years, I felt like I was toiling away in the wilderness. And well, you were in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> relatively speaking, yeah, if literally. you're from Toronto, you were toiling away in the wilderness. Yes, but you mean true. metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just persistence. You, you know, if you're really dedicated to your art then uh, really it's a part of you, and you can't help but keep doing it. Um, but it can be difficult because there's a lot of discouragement involved in it too, as you, as you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be rejected a lot. You're going to sometimes find that it takes years and years and years to get a single book, you know, into print. So uh, I think persistence is the main thing, and uh, dedication to your craft too. So you're always learning, you're always teaching yourself about becoming a better writer, mm -hmm. right? And that for some that may mean workshops, for some that may not. I personally have not been a particularly enthusiastic workshop kind of person, but I'm also kind of something of a, a sponge, a, an autodidact. So 
you know, I'm teaching and learning myself. And probably reading a lot, too, which I think, in a way, you you absorb things almost unconsciously, don't you, when you you read good writing. And what about your work as a journalist? Like, does does that, has that helped you hone your craft, your non-journalistic craft? Or does that maybe a hindrance because you're always looking for the tighter sentence and the economy of words, you know? It's a different part, different kind of... Yeah, it's way to approach it. It's yes and no is the answer to that. So yes, on the one hand, it's a benefit because it teaches you two things. First of all, it teaches you to write to deadline, which is a useful skill, I think. Yes, because yeah, that's yes, because discipline is tricky. Yes, very important. Yeah. Discipline is important. You 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 know you don't get to cut yourself so much slack that it takes you ten years to write a book, right? Uh, The other thing about journalism is, yes, it does teach you economy of language, but on the other hand, uh, it's a negative factor for fiction because with journalism, you have to tell everybody everything right up front. Right. And in a book, in a story, that's the last thing you want to do. You actually want to withhold details so that when is the appropriate moment in the story, you deliver it like a zinger. Right. right, and so having um, the the knowledge of the craft, or even the intuition to know when to deliver that zinger, is a, it's a it's a very different part of the process, isn't it? Very different. It's a different approach. Yes. And I'd never considered that, so that's really interesting. Yeah. So I I can hardly wait to find out when the zinger is delivered, <laughs> um, and uh, and and, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to have read it, of course, long before the launch, and I'm I'm planning to talk to you about it, and maybe even I hope you're going to take questions after the launch so that we can fire those questions about about how you crafted this novel. Sure, so. I'll do my best to pretend to be an expert. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll do okay. So, Art, thanks very much for this, and I'm so looking forward to the launch on Thursday, May 24th, 7 o'clock in the Nelson Public Library. And thank you for having me on. You betcha. So great to talk with Art. And I'm so looking forward to reading this novel. You know, we do have so many exceptional authors here in the Kootenays, and it's great to be able to celebrate a few each year at library events. And now we're out of time. You've been listening to Check This Out, the Nelson Public Library show about all things library on Kootenai Co-op Radio, CJLY 93.5 FM in Nelson, 107.5 FM in New Denver. My name is Anne DeGrace, and the advice I have for you is never stop reading. Mm-hmm.